in the temple and breaking bread from house to house. They ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. And, and a lot of times we read stuff like that and we say, well, the culture was different then. But even in that culture, I don't think it was normal for them to all sell all their possessions and put all their money in a pot and live from it. I don't think that was normal then. Now, if you'd say something like that, it's, that is craziness. And I don't know that that's the perfect model, just because they did it. I don't know that's the perfect way to do things. But I do think that living in, in tight community with each other, where you can just be there, where you can share each other, where you can truly share and bear. That's, that, is a, that is a scriptural thing. That is, I believe that's important. So anyway, my dream, back to my dreams. My dream is to have a, a piece of property where I can invite families to come and we all have different trades and then we can invite people in. We can invite people into our community and we can teach people trades. We can take in you know, single, single parents with kids or recovering alcoholics or drug addicts or whatever and people that... Even, I mean, whoever, but especially geared to people that have kind of had it rough and they need a second chance. And we bring them in and we, we help them get their feet on the ground. We teach them a trade and we, we, get, we help them start businesses and becoming entrepreneurial and, and successful and, and all the while living in this community where we're loving the Lord together. And then as our community grows to being, you know, as big as we can be, we start another community. And we just grow, and we keep growing and multiplying, and we have Christian communities all over. That's my dream. I would love that. I think that that's foundational. That's a, that's, that is a scriptural way of doing life the way that Jesus intended. I, I love it. I love it. That's my dreams. Um, my dreams for Gateway are similar, although not exactly. But just dream with me a little bit here, if you can. And... I don't expect everybody at Gateway to have the same dreams for Gateway that I do. But what I do want to do is share with you some of my dreams and encourage you to start dreaming. Start dreaming with the Lord. And, and don't look at them as pipe dreams. Look at them as our realities if we live out what we say we believe. And just proclaim that. Every time, I mean, every time I talk out loud about these types of things, I walk away later and the enemy says, that's stupid, that's never going to happen, that can't happen, that's impossible. And it starts feeding. Don't let that happen. Don't let that happen. Let, let yourself dream with the Lord. Let yourself, I know that my parents, they're here this morning, I know that a dream that they've had for years is to have a place on their property where they can bring in like troubled teens. And boys, I think specifically, my dad's not the most like emotional person, but he's like, I can whoop some boys into shape. Give me some of them boys. I could use the help around here and I can whoop them into shape. You know, and that's a dream that they've had. They say, we've, we've got this property and we, what do we do with it? How do we do something with it besides just make a living on it? Can we, how can we use this? And they've, they've dreamed about it and they've dreamed about it. But what if he actually did it? Dad? <laughs> what if you started, you know? But yeah, so I don't expect you to share the same dreams that I do. But I, I do want to encourage you to start dreaming. Write them down. Share them with people. Share them with 
Tim and with the elders and just with each other. And let's get behind each other's dreams. I don't expect everybody to be called to be as involved in Code Purple as Tammy or Nikki. I don't expect everybody to be as involved in kids' church as Deborah and Sherry. I don't expect everybody to be as involved in the worship team as Matt and Clay and Austin and Jacob and Steve and whoever else is up here. I don't expect everybody to share the same dreams. But I do expect that we all dream and that we all are intentional about living this out. That's another thing. Speaking of intention, your influence of other people is not always intentional. It's, most of the time, it's not intentional. You influence people every day. Every single day, you influence people, the people that you're around. And it, it can either be positive or negative. But your influence is something that you just carry. You don't try to. You, I mean, you can try to, but it, you're going to influence people is what I'm saying. But discipleship is intentional. It's, it's intentional influence, I guess. It's not just saying, well, I'm going to live my life for the Lord and I hope that you know, people see that and their hearts are changed. That's good, but it's intentional. It's, it's seeing somebody and feeling the Lord tug on your heart for that person and say, I'm going to invest myself into that person. I'm going I'm, I'm to be intentional about being involved in their life. And I think that's important um, in our church because it's easy to just try to live our own life and you know, stay focused and hope that people acknowledge it and are changed by it, but we've got to actually be intentional about this. So one of my dreams for Gateway is, especially as a worship leader, I'd love to see our worship go to a whole new level. And I think that that's one of the things that's, that is foundational because for, for seeing growth in our church because loving God is the very first thing. It's the very, if we started somewhere else, it just seems foolish to me. It seems right to start with, with worship. I'd love, I'd love to see our, our church be a place that has worship 24-7 at some point. That'd be cool, wouldn't it? Where that's, if, if we're known for one thing, it is the one thing. I'd love to see our community be more like the community I just described in talking about my dreams. Where Molly needs a ride to the doctor every day for the next two weeks. Where that's not, I mean, where that's not an issue. All you got to do is mention it. And you're turning people away because there's so many people signing up to be like, I'm going to do that. Let me do that. I want to take, I want to help. Where, where someone can come and not be, where this can be a safe place and someone can come and not be ashamed and say, my business really failed this year and I'm in deep trouble. And we can rally around each other get people back on their feet you know where while we're talking about community small groups how many of you are involved in a small group at gateway i would encourage all of you um to get involved in a small group i think that that is sometimes the the type of community that we're talking about here isn't as practical when you get you know this size group of people it's hard to 
stay involved in everybody's life. But when you're in a small group where you, you know, there's 10 or 15 or so people, um, you can easily keep up with each other throughout the week and, and make sure that we can make sure that everybody is connected. You know? And I think that small groups are one of the most important parts of our church life um, because our relationships with each other is, is a big part of what church is. Getting behind each other's dreams. I'd love to see, even if, you know, I'm not necessarily feeling called to go and volunteer at Code Purple every night through the whole month of February, what are ways that I can get more involved for the sake of those in my church that are called to that? How can I get behind their dream and, and help them and push them forward? Like, what are ways that we can get involved in each other, with each other's dreams, and I, I don't know what all this stuff looks like. As I'm saying this stuff, I don't know what it all looks like. But maybe, maybe someone has some extra time one day and they think, I can make a big pot of chili and take it to Code Purple tonight. And so you call up Nikki or Tammy or whoever and say, hey, what are you guys doing for a meal tonight? Would you mind if I brought some food? Or just whatever. I don't know. What? I don't know what that looks like, but, but, but getting involved in each other's dreams, letting each other know what we're after and getting behind each other, pushing each other. One of my biggest dreams for Gateway, I have a couple minutes, let, let me start by saying this. How many of you have heard of, well, okay, I think all of you have heard of YWAM, right? We've all heard of YWAM. YWAM started with one man with a dream. He had a vision that the Lord gave him of, of young people crashing onto the shores of nations in, in waves and then going and spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he took those dreams to his, you know, to his leaders and they kind of, not quite scoffed at him, but weren't really behind it. And he was so positive that this is what God is calling him to, and that this vision was from the Lord. He's like, all right, I'm just going to start it then. So him and his wife, they started in their living room. They set up a typewriter, and they started printing off these brochures, inviting young people to come and go on these missions trips, and started right in his garage. And that was 57 years ago. And today, YWAM is in every country in the world where it's legal, and even some that are not. And they're represented in every country. And they, they train, I don't even know how many thousands, tens of thousands of people, of kids a year. They disciple these kids and they send them out into, into the world. There's, I think last I, last I heard there was somewhere around 15,000 full-time staff members in YWAM in like 1,100 locations around the world. And it started with one man in his living room with his wife saying, we believe that this vision is from the Lord and we're going to go after it. He didn't, he didn't start big. He started a little small town right in his house with no money. <laughs> and side note, he's had no money for almost the whole time over the past 50 years. Why, or not YWAM, IHOP in Kansas City. How many of you are familiar with that? 
it's a house of prayer and praise, and they also train people and are involved in all kinds of things. Mike Bickle has a very colorful reputation, actually, in his own hometown. If you ever go to Kansas City and you talk to people not involved in IHOP, there's quite a range of opinions about him. But he chased after what the Lord put on his heart. And it started the same way. It was just him. He had a couple people with him. And they just started praying. Just praying and worshiping. They said, that's, that's the one thing that the Lord wants from us. That's what we're called to. We're just worshiping. We're just, we're watchmen on the wall. That's what we're going to do. That's what we're going to devote our whole lives to. Is intercession and prayer and worship. And we're just going to go for it. And now they've, they have influence globally. And that wasn't even that, how long ago was that? Maybe 20 years? Maybe? I don't even remember the year, but it wasn't, wasn't that terrible long ago. Um, the ramp in Alabama, I don't know if everybody here has heard of them. I know that you guys have. Um, that started, this lady moved to a small town and felt like the Lord was calling her to, to start a place for young people, to come and to worship the Lord and to be discipled and, and all this stuff. And, and it was just her. And she just went for it. And now they have, they, they gather in a town. I forget, I forget the numbers. I wish I'd have done the research on this, but they have more people gather there on a weekly basis to worship the Lord than there is population in that town where they started. It's like, I don't know, population of like 2,500 people or something. And they have like 5,000 kids come from, you know, all over the state all over the country at this point to come and worship with them on a Thursday night or whatever night they do it. Our dreams are not pipe dreams. If we just live them out, if we just walk in them, God can do stuff with it. One of my, my big dream, then I'll be ended. My dream for Gateway. It's hard to put it all into words because I have so many. But one thing I'd like to see is this discipleship thing where we take kids or adults or whoever and we invite them to come in and we work as a church together. And obviously someone have to head it up. But we find housing for them, you know, in our homes. We find them jobs. They can get, you know, they can get involved in our community. And we help them get plugged into the different ministries in our church so that we can disciple them, first off, and secondly... We're benefiting from them, you know, working and serving our community. And so, I, I don't know how it'll start. And maybe it'll just start by, you know, we go to Teen Challenge or wherever, and we invite these kids to say, hey, when you get out of here, what are you going to do? Come live with us. Let me get you a job. Let me get you plugged in. Let's, let's get you on your feet. You know, I, and I don't know, maybe they already have stuff like that. But, but just start it this way, and then... We can have kids that come, or people, men, women, children, whoever, come and they can help with Code Purple so that the burden is not completely on Tammy and Nikki feeling like every night we're dragging ourselves here and exhausted and wearing themselves out trying to serve these people. We have other people that can do it and we're investing in their lives while they're also investing in other people's lives. And we have people that can help on our worship team. We have people that can help with the children's ministry and we... And we just keep on multiplying and multiplying and multiplying. And we, we, we turn this place into training grounds for loving Jesus and loving people and repeating 
and repeating and repeating. And we just bring people in. Why not? Why can't we do it? Why can't we be the... Why can't we be the next YWAM or IHOP or whatever where we have people come in and it's... I think when we start living this, it's contagious. And multiple... We live in a culture where our Christian churches oftentimes are too focused on numbers. You know, a pastor gauges their success on how many people come to their church. You know, And that's totally wrong. It's totally wrong. And that's not where I'm coming from. But... When we're living this out, multiplication is a fruit. It's going to happen. And, and that's a good thing. I, I want to see us be the place that, is, that starts getting focused. Loving God, loving people, multiplying. Loving God, loving people, multiplying. So that we can't all fit in this room anymore. We've got to start other churches. We've got land across the street. We build dorm rooms or whatever. We have kids come in and stay and serve our church and serve our community. And we're planting churches here and there. And we just fill up Delaware, Sussex County, Seaford, wherever. And then we spread and we spread and we multiply and we multiply and we multiply. And why can't we do it? I'm starting to just feel like I'm jumbling up a bunch of stuff and probably losing everybody so I'm just going to pray but my bottom line point is a couple fold love God love people live gospel be intentional about discipleship take somebody under your wing and choose pick somebody out to invest and they don't have to be a young person or even someone like a lot further down in immaturity in the Lord. It can be just a friend where you get it with each other and say, hey, we're going to invest in each other's lives this year. We're going to meet every Tuesday and Thursday morning before work. Let's do it. Let's have Bible study. Let's, let's just challenge each other in the Lord. You know, there's, there's a whole bunch of ways it can look. But be, just, be intentional. Find somebody to invest yourself into. Let's not be the church that gathers together. Let's not be the Israel who just says, preach it, brother, and then they go back to working for Pharaoh. Let's not be the people who come together on Sunday morning and celebrate the freedoms that we're not walking out in. Let's live it. Let's do it. Jesus, I thank you for this church. I thank you for our community. I thank you for the hearts that are here. Lord, I pray that you would just draw us into a deeper love for you. That, our, that we could honestly say that nothing matters more than just to sit here at your feet and to worship you. That that could honestly be the cry of our hearts. Lord, help us to love people the way that you do. Lord, let us know that when we come into your presence and, and we're before you, that we have access to you and that our hearts and our minds can be changed and that we can get your perspective, that we can get your hearts for the people around us. Lord, let us grab onto those things and let us walk it out. I pray that Gateway would be a place uh, of awakening dreams. God, that you would awaken our hearts, that you would bring our dreams to life, that you would help us to not put 
human limitations on things that we can or can't do. But that we would dream with you, that we would walk with you, that we would disciple people to love you more and to receive your love in Jesus' name. Amen.